This is Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence. Your 803 tea time every Sunday morning right here on ESPN Sports Radio 1392.5. Backspin Golf is brought to you by Clark's Pump and Shop, Lexington Parks and Recreation, Edwin Watts Golf, and Georgetown Advantage Air. Let's join your host, Matthew Lawrence, for Backspin Golf. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Come on. Hello. Good morning. Backspin Golf. 8.03 a.m. tea time at the Square Country Club on Main Street in Lexington. This is going to be a heck of a day. Heck of a day. U.S. Women's Open final round from Pebble Beach. It's, I can't wait. This whole tournament has been fantastic. I'm sorry. I haven't seen very much of the John Deere Classic. I'm sorry. I just haven't. But this U.S. Women's Open, oh boy. And as I've talked about in the past, and I will continue to, uh, in the blessed life that I've had, and I've said this before, I've gotten to play Pebble Beach many, many times over the years. And any time there is a tournament, a professional tournament, as I said when uh, they were the women were at Baltusrol a couple weeks ago, which I have played, Anytime I watch a course that I've played, it's enhanced my viewing pleasure because I was there. And I can say, I hit a better shot than that. No, I don't say that (laughs) most of the time. But uh, it's going to be fantastic. As we know, coming up is the biggest week of our golf season here in central Kentucky It's Barbasol week starting tomorrow. Uh, I will be playing in the Pro-Am on Wednesday, thanks to Darren Nelson and Dan Kett and everybody out there. I can't wait to find out who the two pros I'll be playing with are, and they can't wait to find out if they're playing with me, obviously. Uh, Joining me on the show, Sean shakes his head. That's understandable. Uh, Joining me today on the program, my buddy Dave Shedlosky, it was only a week ago that Ricky Fowler won in that playoff on Sunday at the Travelers. It seems like six months ago. I'm all messed up with time. Dave Shedlosky and I will talk golf, including Ricky Fowler's win. And then Trey Molnix, the defending champion from last year's Barbasol Championship, will join me and we'll talk uh a little bit about what happened to him last year when he won the Barbasol, because it wasn't just winning the Barbasol last mm. year. There was something else involved that was pretty huge. Teaser. And then Dan Kett will uh, wrap up the show with me and we'll set the scene for what's coming up starting tomorrow out at the Barbasol. This is huge, peeps. Good morning, Chris Mascaro. Next on the T, best golf podcast anywhere. So uh, let's go. We got a lot to talk about. I'm having a real problem this week uh, with time frame reference. 
I think that's a good way to put it. Meaning, because of a holiday falling on a Tuesday when you have off from work, but some of us had to work on Monday, some didn't, I'm all messed up with days of the week. I can't remember what I watched over the past weekend, or was it July 4th or Monday? I'm all messed up. That's not saying a lot. I am a lot of the time. But this in particular has really gotten me. And it really hit me when I realized that I was going to be speaking with my buddy, Dave Shedlosky, today. And I thought, uh, I want to talk with him about Ricky Fowler because I haven't spoken with him about that yet. And then I, I realized it seemed like when did Ricky win? Was it like two weeks ago or three? It was Sunday, for goodness sakes. I'm all messed up. I need Dave Shedlosky to help me here. Can you help me, Dave, please? Well, I will certainly try, Matthew, but I mean, I'm right there with you. <laughs> oh. I'm, I, I've got Wimbledon on, and I, I'm used to the old days of Wimbledon finishing on July 4th. Remember Connors, McEnroe, oh, yeah. battles and yeah. stuff? Yep. Now they're starting the freaking thing. I'm like, wait a minute. I know. I'm totally lost. <laughs> I'm totally lost. Uh, oh, boy. I'll tell you, this. I wasn't kidding. This is the truth. Early, early, my dogs wake me early to let them out. And I was standing there and I was thinking about speaking with you today and I was really excited. And I was, I thought, wait a minute. I know I said, I want to talk to him about Ricky, but when I really could, it was only Sunday that it happened. And it feels like a long time ago already, but. Well, I know why (laughs) I can help you with that. Why? Tell me. (laughs) Because, because Ricky has been kind of knocking on this door for what since the players championship when he finished T13 and he's only missed one cut since yep. then. Yep. He hasn't been out of the top 20 since yep. then. This we're talking about, you know, early mid March here. Yeah. And and of course we know that he played great for 54 holes at the US Open led after 3 rounds. Yep. You know, and unfortunately shot 75 and let Wyndham Clark kind of waltz in. Um, with a with a major at the U.S. Open at LACC, and then he shot 60 the week after Travelers. It was in contention again, and just sort of shook off that disappointment. So we've been sort of like waiting for like a while now that yeah. this surgence is going to result in a victory. That's why it seems like it's so long ago. Okay, that makes that that. <laughs> thank you for that. Whether it's true or not, thank you I, for that. I'm making this up, Matthew. <laughs> But it I know. does seem like, wait a minute, when did that happen? Yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, heck, we're, we're one day away from the next event starting. So. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, um, but the, the thing about, I want to talk to you about this because it's so fascinating to me and to all of us that love the game of golf and play golf. We know how incredibly difficult it is for the best players, that, I remember when Tiger was making a swing change years ago, and he talked about it was going to take him six months, really, to get it done, and he was changing like a half-inch hand placement at the top of his backswing. I mean, we know how 
really hard it is for the best in the world to do it. For Ricky Fowler to disappear for two and a half years or three years and then go back to Butch Harmon and work on whatever it is he was working on and to come back and have this year is so fascinating to me. Well, I think it's fascinating to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, one, because Ricky is incredibly popular. Two, he's popular because he's probably the nicest person on tour. Correct. Stricker. Correct. In golf. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and then three, uh, we know how good he really can be. And for him to kind of fall off the planet there for a while was just shocking. But John Tillery had him all screwed up. And I mean, look, John Hillary's a good coach, but there are a lot of good coaches that that aren't meant to be good coaches for a certain player. Mm -hmm. And and Butch Herman, you know, defies that by being a good coach to whoever comes to him because he works on fundamentals that are still wrapped in the basics of what each player does. And so Ricky does certain things. Butch merely gives him the tools, fundamental tools, to be able to optimize what he does is essentially all that happens. And I'm not surprised at all. As soon as I found out he was going back to Butch, I'm like, oh, thank God, finally. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, now we got we got to talk about Jordan Spieth going to Butch because yeah. Jordan, Spieth has, Jordan Spieth has never owned his golf swing and won three majors. Imagine what he could do if he actually knew where the ball was going at right. the time. Yeah, that's but a really that's good a whole point. Story. Yeah, it that's is. a whole other story. But Ricky didn't know where the ball was going, and now he does. And you can see the confidence in Detroit where, I mean, he drove it so well, and you could just see him stepping up to the tee and going front and going, okay, picking up the tee and going to the ball. And yep. It's in play. Um, you know, he, not every time, but when he missed, he knew why, and he could uh, adjust. And hey, that's what that's what the great players do. That's always what Tiger did is he adjusted. Um, on the fly. On the even going back to his first major at the Masters in yeah. 1997, when he went out in 40, came home in 30, shot 70, and was on his way. He adjusted. So yeah, um, yeah. it's a great story, and I think we're now going to see Ricky at the Ryder Cup. Yep, and um, yep. <laughs> and people love it. People love it because they like him and they like to see guys like him succeed. Well, uh, I came across it. I was when I was watching on Sunday. Uh, as he was walking up, he had just gotten to the green at 18, I think in, in regulation. And there was a great picture. I paused it and took a picture of it of two probably seven-year-old kids in their orange Puma hats like Ricky was wearing. And one of them had the exact same shirt on that Ricky was wearing. The other one had an orange shirt on as well. And right between the two of them was Ricky standing on the green. And all of those kids, all of those adults who were dressed in orange there for him, I had a friend ask me, why Why is he so popular? I mean, I know he's a nice guy and all this stuff. And then they actually talked, Dave, on the broadcast that Saturday night, he, he got finished at about 7.30 after the rain delays and stuff. He stayed and signed autographs till every single person that was there had an autograph. He was the mm-hmm. only one that did that, and he has done that his entire career, even when he was off the grid and he missed a cut, he would do that. And that said as much to me as anything. 
we saw him do the same thing after the third round at uh, at the U.S. Open in L.A. He yeah. just missed a two and a half footer in the dark. They shouldn't have been playing right. in the dark. Right. That's a whole other subject again. NBC, USGA. Thanks for screwing up the U.S. Open. Yeah. Um, but oh. uh, uh, yeah. But he missed. <laughs> you know, he three putts. He falls into a tie for the lead. You can't tell me that that didn't have an effect on him the next day. But he signed autographs in the dark for a half an hour with the you know the few people that were there. Right. I should say few, but there were quite a few actually. Right. And I even took a picture of it and posted on Twitter that it's like, geez, the guys, you know, yeah, should be getting some rest here. He's got the final of the U.S. Open tomorrow. Nope, signing autographs. And, yep. Yeah, that's just who he is. That's that's Arnold Palmer esque. Right. What that is. Right. And then him standing on eighteen, holding his daughter, and actually saying, "Yeah, uh, you know, this is great, but there are more important things. My daughter, my wife, and." He's so authentic. There's a lot of guys that would say that, that I would go, whatever. But he's, he's so authentic, yeah, that, uh, you know, yeah. it just really hits you. And I, all of us, you mentioned Ryder Cup and all that stuff. I, it's just fantastic. Before I let you go, uh, this is the week of the U.S. Women's Open at yeah. Pebble Beach for the first time. Now, I have been... In, in most ways, beyond blessed. I have played Pebble a ton when I wow. lived in L.A., I know. And I am so excited about seeing this U.S. Women's Open from Pebble. And I have a feeling you are, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This, is, this is something we've been waiting for, and, and we're going to see more of these kinds of you know championships played on what have been traditionally... I hate to say it, but traditionally men's right. major championship layouts. We yeah. saw the KPMG played at Baltus Raw. Yeah. And the women were in awe of seeing Jack Nicholas, you know, the 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 plaque in eighteen where he hit the one iron to break yep. the US Open record. And yeah. So I, but Pebble Beach is so iconic. The women deserve it. It's long overdue. Um it's gonna be challenging and I mean, hey look, it's hard for the men. Yeah. Um if God can, I, I, I know the USJ is going to try and set up fairly for the women, but I think it's going to be a fascinating championship, and it's going to be fun to see because we get to see how they get to play the golf course compared to the men, and you want to see that comparison. Like right. We all do. Right, and I, I've, been, I've always loved the LPGA for as long as I've been watching golf, but this year has been spectacular, uh, and uh-huh. it's not just Rosang. I mean, you know, obviously there's that whole story, but so many of these women, by the way, you know what I just read? You might know that you probably do because you're a golf guru. Uh, Lexi Thompson is playing in her 17th U.S. Women's Open. I was, I was there for I was there for her first one. She was 11 wow. years old. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> I'm like, I'll tell you what, there's some amazing women golfers. Oh, there? yeah. Yep. Yep. And she's one of them. And, uh, um, yeah, I, I I also think that, uh, you know, this, this women's championship will be uh, special because we're going to see Michelle Wee West one right. more time. Right. I was just going to say that. Yeah. And, and I was, again, I was there in 2014 when she finally won the U.S. Open. And I never felt better about somebody winning a major except for like, 
Um, Phil, when he won the PGA a few years ago, before he went, you know, totally rogue crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and Dustin winning the masters in 2020. I mean, those are the kinds of wins where you go, God, that feels good. You know, just to see the, you know, people succeed like that. And and certainly Michelle, we was, was one of those that, uh, it was great to see her break through. Well, this is why I love talking to you. You've been there, you've covered these, uh, and, I always love talking to you, and I'll catch up with you again real soon as we go throughout the summer. Thanks a million, Dave. Sounds great, Matthew. Take care of those puppies. I will. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Commonwealth Credit Union. Welcome back. I am so excited right now. This is, this, it's, it's a real pleasure for me to talk with Trey Mullinex, our defending champion who won the Barbasol last year. And we all know that's coming up here in central Kentucky. But I, I don't often get a chance to speak with somebody that uh, is not only, not only won the Barbasol, immediately went over to play in the British Open and is playing in the British Open again this year. Uh, so I'm really excited, and he's a great guy. I, I watched him. He spoke to a lot of us during media day a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really happy to say hi to Trey. Hi, Trey Mullinex. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thank you all for having me. I really appreciate it. No, it's my pleasure, believe me. Uh, now, when we start here, is, am I correct? Are you playing in the John Deere right now? I am, yes, sir. Well, John Deere, I see off in about two and a half hours. I thought, you know, I looked this morning and I went, wait a second, shouldn't he be like, I guess it's even for you, it's a little early to be out on the putting green right now. Yeah, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I, uh, my my warm up doesn't start for probably another 30 minutes, so I got plenty of time. Okay, good. Uh, let's start there because a lot of people don't understand this so you're playing in the john deere this week and you're there you have a 145 tea time approximately it's about 11 a.m here now how what's the normal routine for warming up before you go out to play around on the pga tour yes sir so i normally get there probably two to two and a half hours before my tea time mm-hmm. uh, so um you know when you have those seven o'clock tea times you're getting there pretty early uh, but that's normally kind of the process I go I, normally it's an hour kind of, uh, before I start practicing kind of an hour of like, you know, do my workout, get stretched out, get yeah. ready, kind of go do the day. And then, um, usually about an hour before my tea time is when I start going to the putting green, putt, chip, hit some balls, putt, and then go to the first day. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of pretty much what I do before I play. You know, <laughs> I, I will say that I, I don't do it every, I don't do it when I'm home. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> but when you're there, Normally, you might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When I'm home with my, when I'm playing golf with my friends at home, it's about five balls and go the first. So. There you go. I'm more like Walter Hagen. You know, I show up in a tuxedo a minute before my tee time and just hit, hit, just tee off. That's how I am. Uh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. it works for me. It. it works for me. Um, I want to talk to you about last year because 
it was we've done the Barbasol. I do my show from out there for the whole week. It's a huge, huge deal to us here. And last year was so incredibly special because it was the winner of the tournament got the last spot in the British Open, which was uh, the following week. And you came to the to the Barbasol last year. You had no idea what was going to happen. Of course, we all watched you. And you end up winning the Barbasol. And I want you to tell our listeners what happened from the time you won the championship. And that was a great day on Sunday. What happened after that? Just kind of your normal run-of-the-mill day, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, so uh, after, after I won, I was... I hadn't been playing very well, but I knew my game wasn't far off, and I totally forgot that if you won that tournament, you got into the British. Well, I didn't even have my passport. <laughs> uh, wait, wait a minute. Hold it. Wait a minute. So, wait, wait. You forgot? You just, like, didn't think about about, about it? Yeah. Oh, I mean, honestly, man. I just have, I haven't, I haven't been – I wasn't playing that well leading into it, and so I was just like – I mean, honestly, winning was – far from my mind and I just I it was one of those weeks where everything kind of came together and I won and they were like you ready to go to the British and I was like yeah I'm ready but I gotta go home first <laughs> I gotta get my passport oh lord and you live in are you still are you in Alabama is that where you live yes sir I live in Birmingham Alabama so the tournament they were they were kind enough we uh we flew home that night I got my passport uh, we flew the next morning. We flew to JFK, and then we went JFK to Edinburgh. Uh, just unbelievable! And it last it was, uh, it was a crazy twenty four hours. We left we left Monday. I got there Tuesday. We played a practice round, and then barely functioning. We were just so tired, <laughs> and. Uh, and I ended up playing great that week as well. So you know, uh, and boy, did we all watch you last week! And it was kind of a special British Open last year too. It wasn't just—I mean, they're all special, but last year was a really special one. Yeah, the 150th at St Andrews—that's that's, going to be hard to top. Uh, <laughs> and that was such a such a cool experience, and I uh, learned a lot about Lynx golf over there. Uh, you know, I hope to be able to take that knowledge uh, to this year's British Open. And, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Now, so this year, uh, when you get over there and you won't, you're going to go over next Friday, so you won't be here at the Barbasol. And that's too bad because we would have loved to say hello to you. But believe me, this is, if, if you're going to have an excuse, this is a pretty good one. You're going to go over on Friday. <laughs> yes, and get some early practice in. It is uh, in Liverpool this year at Hoy Lake, which sure. is uh, an incredible course also. And by the way, I know you're going to do this, but you got to go to the cavern. Do you know what the cavern is? Yeah, I do not. Oh, man, come on. All right, you'll study up on this uh, on I the plane. Not. The cavern is where the Beatles started. Okay. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, a, I'll definitely have to go there. It's a tiny little nightclub, and I mean tiny. Well, once you get over there, you'll get all the Beatles stuff, and <laughs> it'll be great. But that's one of the great things about it. It's not only 
the incredible experience of being able to play in the oldest golf championship in the world. But every place that you go, there's history that is no place else. And Liverpool will be like that too. Do you, you know, I'm a really good caddy. Do you need a caddy over there for the British? I'm really good. <laughs> I think I think my guy's going to have to go with it. I appreciate the offer. He's uh, he's really looking forward to it. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, Damn. They, uh, Julian. So my caddy Julian Trudeau lives in Lexington. Oh wait, now wait a minute. I've met Julian before. I'm somehow around yes, here sir. in the in the golf world, but that's so cool. I mean. Uh, and boy, so my, my, my first win and his first win was in his hometown, which is pretty cool. That is awesome. And it's the first of many, there will be many more. How are you playing right now? Would you say? I, I would say my, my game is trending in the right direction. We've been, uh, we've been battling a few things, uh, but I, I feel like I'm, I'm close to playing some, some good golf. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the day and, uh, finally hit some really good shots uh, yesterday, and so I'm 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 looking forward to uh, to playing today. Normally, this is when I kind of hit my stride, so we'll see. Okay, well, we'll be following closely at, at the John Deere. Uh, let me ask you this: So you're going over to play at uh, in Liverpool at at Hoy Lake? Before you go, will you watch videos? Have you've never been there? I'm assuming. Uh, no, sir, I have not. Right. So will you, just as preparation, will you get on YouTube and look at some of the some of the tournaments that have been played there? Or what, what will your preparation be before you actually, although you'll have a little bit of time, it sounds like, do you do any kind of preparing before you get there? Normally, uh, normally I do not. Yeah. Uh, but... But because it's such a different golf course, I, I honestly couldn't tell you one hole on the golf course. Yeah, uh, I will. I, you know, I, I probably will look back at you know uh, at you know past tournaments there and past winners. What kind of shots they hit on certain holes? Because I yeah. know there's a, a a couple of holes out there that are you know it's a beautiful golf course, but are kind of tricky. And so uh, maybe just see kind of the lines that they took. And, yeah, uh, and write them down. So so when you get there, you're not so. Uh, blindsided right and then of course while you're visiting the cavern and uh doing all your beetle <laughs> stuff beetle. you'll have julian out there <laughs> until 9 10 11 o'clock at night walking the course and doing stuff i'm assuming nah, I, I, won't, I won't be too i won't be too hard on it you right. might have to come with me and tour around a little bit i'm trying to talk him into bringing his clubs so that we can play different courses while we're over there so yeah trying to talk him into it well, tell him to do it. Tell him not to be an idiot. You can tell him I said that too. Okay, <laughs> bring his clubs. Yes, you don't get to go there that often. Uh, listen, no, I don't. I really appreciate you taking just a few minutes with us. I know you you're teeing off in a little while, as you said, and we saw it. All of us that were at media Barbasol Media Days when you got on a Zoom call with all of us. All you're just a great guy. Trey, and we're all rooting for you hard, not only this week, but over there in Liverpool and any time you play. You're so great, and thanks a million for jumping on with me for a little while today. Absolutely. Thank you all for having me, and your kind words mean a lot, and I hope that you all have a great rest of the day. Thanks. You too, man. Take care. Yes, sir. See you. Bye. Bye. 
Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by French Lick Resort Casino. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. Now, we all know that a PGA championship, a PGA Tour event, like the Barbasol Championship, takes literally, I'm going to say thousands of people to put on. When you factor in all the volunteers and all the work that's been done for months and months getting ready for what is happening uh, here in central Kentucky, the actual tournament July 13th to the 16th, but the whole week is Barbasol Championship Week. There's one guy. Now, I know Darren Nelson, uh, the tournament director, thinks he's the main guy. But to me, this could not go on, any of it, without Dan Kett, who is in charge of all media relations and everything media-related to the Barbasol Championship. And that's why I always want to talk to him, but especially because the Barbasol Championship is here. Hi, Dan Kett. Well, good morning, Mr. Lawrence. How are you, sir? (laughs) I'm, I'm okay. I'm only, I don't know, 10% kidding. I'm only uh, because we have talked over these few months or almost a year now since the last Barbasol about the preparation and what goes into it and where are we now and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden you turn around and it's here. And right. I, I know for I know for you... I can't even imagine what the ramp up has been like, and where, where are you right now? What what do you have to do before Thursday? That first ball goes in the air on Thursday morning. What's your main thing you're working on? Uh, probably the biggest thing right now is making sure because we'll have, gosh, we'll have over 200 credentialed journalists from around the world. Hello. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that so we're gonna have a, it'll be a full house, uh, you know, 156 total players this year, so it's a full field. Right. Uh, of course, there's there's more attention uh, from the the European uh, media outlets as well as the South American ones and Asia, uh, with all of the DP World Tour uh, guys coming over, which is really exciting. This will be the second year of that partnership. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, the media center is getting buttoned up. Um, you know, folks will start rolling in uh, here soon. And, uh, yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing we're doing. Then, of course, all the, you know, all the things that we do with our, our charity partners. Uh, you know, one of, uh, I, know, I know this is near and dear to your heart, Matthew. We'll be doing the, the mini pro-am on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll take, uh, we'll take about a dozen players over to, uh, to uh, it's Kentucky Pride Field, or Kentucky Proud Field this year. Uh, right. The baseball field. We'll play a little uh, putt-putt, and then you get the players and the kiddos from Kentucky Children's Hospital uh, getting to hang out and spend some time. And, uh, so that's, that's, uh, I think I, I know for you and I, that's one of our favorite events, but absolutely, yeah, I mean, in some ways things are starting to go on autopilot and in other things, like you're still, you know, cranking it out, getting ready for, <laughs> you know, thousands of fans showing up. And, uh, you mentioned the volunteers, I mean, you know, between 650 and 700 volunteers strong and then <laughs> hundreds of others that are building Barbersol City. It's crazy, man. Oh, so. Lord, have mercy. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And as we always say every year, and then Sunday comes, we crown a champion, and then uh, everything starts to be taken down, and before you know it, it's gone. 
and uh, champions is champions <laughs> again over there. The whole thing is so staggering to me. Uh, it's it's really amazing. Here's here's a really big question for me though, Dan, and I want you to think hard on this answer before you answer me. Okay. Wednesday is pro am day. That's correct. And that means if you're lucky enough and blessed enough as I am to get to play on pro am day, you play with one pro in the field for nine holes and a second pro for nine holes. How, I can't even imagine, have you started, have you had pros getting in touch with you asking if they're playing with me? Has that started yet? You know, and I, I for confidentiality reasons, yeah. we don't like to uh, put all those names out there. Oh, okay. Yeah. My right. phone's been blowing up. It's okay. Like, Man, <laughs> it's like, I know it's a long shot, but is there any chance we can get on Matthew Lawrence's camp? <laughs> Guys, I'll do what I can, but if you can get the long so, uh, you know, try to help these, you know, these crazy kids. They all, yeah, you know, there's yeah. only so many spots to be with you. So. Well, and it's, you know, all kidding aside, the guys I've played with, Sebastian Munoz, hello, Peter Malnati, hello, having great years. I mean, and have since I played in the Pro-Am with them. So, uh, I understand why why the, all these guys want to play. Well, all right, we'll see. We'll see what happens until uh, next week. We'll have the lottery obviously at the um, at the pairings part. Yeah, oh, your team, but right. Yours will be the one team that we do it in reverse. So instead of the lottery for the the pro guys, it's it'll be, be for me. Yeah. See, this is exactly why I feel as strongly about you as I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that I mean Wednesday is a great day to to get to be able to play with, and we always say it. The thousandth ranked player in the world is incredible. Forget about the guys playing in this Barbasol and how good they are and and all that. I mean, so it's for for those of us that love the game, it's a very very special day. Uh, talk to us again. Remind everybody about Caddy One Twenty Seven and what's so great about this. Oh my gosh, Caddy One Twenty Seven. So when you think about. Yeah, the volunteers being the lifeblood of the tournament, yep. then Caddy 127 is the heartbeat. Um, you know, these local charities and these kids and families with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, Kentucky Children's Hospital, Sunrise Children's Services, All God's Children. And um, I think, Matthew, that's when you and I started becoming closer was that first year we had a Make-A-Wish kid come on with you. Yeah. And, and that kid was personality plus because uh, you thought we were punking you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're getting ready for this Make-A-Wish kid, and then all of a sudden he's like throwing everything back at you. But, yeah, he was a wish kid, and I know you guys have kept up a, up a relationship. Yep. And it's, um, man, it's just it's so special. And we are, uh, you know, we are on the path to a million dollars at the conclusion of this year's event. We should eclipse this fall when we go around and pass off the checks to our charity partners. Uh, we should eclipse the million dollar mark, and that man, that ain't nothing. Whoa, I, I I can't even seriously. I get choked up thinking about it, and you know, we all all of us that love golf, we always hear about all these different PGA tournaments and how important they are to charities in their community and all that. Well, when it's in your community. And it couldn't be any more in our community here in Lexington, right there at Champions. 
uh, it it really means so much more because it's such a direct impact on the charities in our community right here. I want to, uh, I'll talk to you about this too, but as always, uh, we'll be doing Matthew and Jimmy, my daily show uh, out there on uh, Thursday and Friday. I'll be doing special editions of Backspin Golf Saturday and Sunday from the golf course. But one of those days, if we can, you and I set it up to have another Make-A-Wish kid on with me would be great. I would love that. Man, so would I. Let's make that happen. Because that, cause to me, that's one of the best interviews of all time. <laughs> the between the two of you. Because uh, here you are with like a, what was he, a 9 or 10-year-old kid at the time. Yeah. It, just, it was just so much fun to watch it. And, you know, you guys, I mean, like, yeah, that that was, and that's some of the magic that fans can come out and experience. Right. You know, uh, for the Fan Expo, meet our charity partners that are all part under that Caddy 127 umbrella. Uh, bring the family out for Pro-Am. It's, uh, there's no cost to anyone to come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's a fun day. And that's going to be a day, too, that you're going to get a chance to say hello to the players and get autographs. Right. Uh, they're not laser focused quite yet. Uh, you know, we haven't okay. got into the rounds on on Wednesday, and Wednesday's really about the fans and the community and just having a, having a good time. And uh, and you've had the advantage of playing with so many of these guys, and you know what an awesome experience it is. Um, and then talking about the skill level, I know you and Lee and I, you, Lee Cruz and I, uh, three of us, talk about the the last guy on the Corn Ferry Tour and the top guy in the PGA Tour. It's you know any given Sunday, correct. As they say. Correct. These guys are amazing. Yeah. Uh, every one these guys are tremendous, accomplished athletes. And yep. uh, watching them do their thing and, and being a champion at the shooting gallery, it's it's <laughs> so much fun for the fans to watch, right? I mean, oh, 30 after. It's so great. Uh, before I let you go, tell us again about this. Bring the kids out, right? I mean, oh there's the areas that just tell us about what it can be like for the whole family to be out there. So, yeah, I mean, like, even with a general admission ticket, and of right. course, kids under are all free. So bring the kiddos out. And if this, even if this is their first experience with golf, it is just taking it all in. I mean, you're going to go to the Fan Expo, and we're going to have the, you know, the pineapple whip uh, that, that, you know, you can only get here and at Disney World. So <laughs> uh, that's a big thing. Uh, but then just watching the golfers doing their thing. I mean, you've got those great spots, uh, you know, watching on the ninth green, you know, watching, yeah. uh, shooting across the water feature, which is always fun. But then just go out and just sort of lose yourself, you know, just sort of walk around. And, right. You know, you'll eventually get back to, to the Expo Center. Yep. Um, but, you know, for the kids, though, I think it's, uh, it's a full day. Fam- uh, Kroger Family Day uh, will be on Saturday. So Kroger Family Day presented, uh, presented by G and J Pepsi is, uh, is going to be on Saturday. Of course, College Day presented by the Kentucky Lottery is Friday. And, pro- and man, one of our best days, one of the funnest days, and uh, certainly tug at the heartstrings. Uh, Military Appreciation Day is going to be on Thursday. Yeah. You know, Dolls Patriot Outpost. And uh, Keith Burdett just confirmed in the last hour that there will be a Black Hawk helicopter oh on property on Thursday oh as part of the Appreciation Day. So, uh, yeah, so come on out. We know that uh, we know that some bigger names are coming back again this year. Duffner's going to be back. Uh, uh, Matty Schmid, the German, who went to U of L. Yep. Uh, 
Local favorites, uh, Josh Teeter, we all love. Uh, Josh is playing great, by the way. Josh is doing really well on the Corn Ferry Tour. I don't want to jinx him, but I have a really good feeling about Josh. I do, too. I just Man, and he is just, when I think of Josh, I just think, man, he is just such a great ambassador for the sport, you know? And for, and for us here in Central Kentucky. There's none better. No, he yep. is just is down to what you see uh, on the course on a TV or radio mm-hmm. interview. That's who Josh is in real life. I mean, yeah. he's just humble. He's he's grateful to God for all the gifts he's been given. Um, and then uh, Jim Jim Herman's coming back, uh, a former champion uh, yep. of the bar. And uh, I just learned that my uh, Josh and this guy are my two favorites. Uh, Troy Merritt uh, is coming yeah. back, and. and Matthew, I am so excited because we haven't seen uh, we haven't seen Troy in a couple of years, right. and uh, he is man. When I think of Josh and Troy, that's what the game's all about. The guys who just give so much back to their right. community. Uh, so anyway, so we're 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 extremely excited about all these guys coming back and joining us. All right. Well, the next time I speak to you will be at Champions, and I'll be there. I'll probably bring a cot and just uh, <laughs> end up staying there, and that'll be okay because I know you'll be doing the same thing, uh, but. Do me a favor. Don't tell Josh I said anything nice about him. Okay. No, no. I'll say the exact opposite. Josh. Okay. Was good. Home. Good. Had a talk about three again. Bad mouth. Yeah. So. Okay. Good. All right. Uh, thanks, man. You, I mean this when I say it. You're the best uh, at what you do, and I can't wait to see you. Matthew, the feeling's mutual, man. Okay. I appreciate you. I appreciate the friendship and all you do for our community. Thanks. Talk to you soon, you, Danny boy. Okay. Bye bye. Okay, that will do it. Here we go. I guess it is now, even though we have stuff going on today in golf, tomorrow is the official start of Barbasol week. So I'm going to take a nap for the whole day because this is the biggest week we have here in golf in Kentucky, period. We will be out there. I'll be playing in the Pro-Am Wednesday, and we will be broadcasting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Check your local listings for times, but you know what the station is. Thanks to Dave Shedlosky, Trey Molnix, Dan Kett, as always, and thanks to our great partners, Commonwealth Credit Union, Edwin Watts Golf, French Lick Resort, Critter Control, Truly Nolan, Gearheads of Nicholasville, Maple Leaf Roofing Systems, Wowing Central Kentucky, one roof at a time, and of course, Georgetown Advantage Air and Lexington Parks and Rec for our great golf courses. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. Come see us out of Champions for the Barbasol. It's ESPN 92.5 and 1300 AM. Backspin Golf with Matthew Lawrence is brought to you by Lexington Parks and Recreation.